Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Friday, March 13th, 2020. I'm your host, Jackson Bird, with a summary of election news. Today, what do the polls spell for Tuesday's primary elections? Everything Sanders and Biden each need to do to win the nomination. And once again, an update on how the coronavirus is affecting the election. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. There was a new morning consult poll published yesterday afternoon showing Biden with a 24-point lead over Sanders nationally. He's up six points from their polling before the most recent primaries on Tuesday the 10th. The poll was conducted on Wednesday the 11th. Respondents were potential Democratic primary voters, and it has a margin of error of two points. Quoting Morning Consult. The latest survey finds a continuing generational divide in the Democratic electorate, although Biden has slightly more crossover appeal than Sanders. While 55% of voters under the age of 45 back the Vermont Independent, 74% of those ages 45 and up back Biden. The poll also shows Biden leading Sanders by 39 points among black voters, 67% to 29%, by 30 points among suburban voters, 62% to 32%, and by 26 points each among rural white voters and white voters with a bachelor's degree. In state after state over the past two weeks, these voters have fueled Biden's victories. End quote. Emerson polling released surveys of likely Democratic primary voters in Illinois, Florida, and Ohio yesterday. The polls were conducted on March 11th and 12th, and each have margins of error of four points. Biden is ahead in all of them by at least 20 points, but even more so in Florida, where he leads Sanders by a whopping 38 points, 65% to 27. Quoting Emerson, A plurality of voters, 47%, agree that electing someone who can beat Trump is their top priority. Following that, 20% of voters say healthcare is their most important issue, and 10% say the economy. Emerson adds, quote, The majority, 56%, of Florida Democrats think that Joe Biden has the best health care policy, compared to 44% who say Bernie Sanders. End quote. In Illinois, voters are split 50-50 exactly on who has the best health care policy. Overall, in Illinois, Biden is leading with 57% support to Sanders's 36 In Ohio, voters thought Sanders had a better health care policy, 53% liking his compared to 47% who liked Joe Biden's, but overall, voters in Ohio still picked Biden, 57% to 35. 54% of them also think Joe Biden will create more jobs in Ohio than Sanders will, with 32% saying Sanders would create more. Ohio, Illinois, Florida, and Arizona will all be voting this coming Tuesday, the 17th. There haven't been any polls conducted in Arizona since before Elizabeth Warren dropped out, but even then, Biden was leading by 28 points. With all of those pretty grim poll numbers for Sanders, does he still even have a shot? 538's primary forecaster has him at less than 1% chance of getting a majority of the delegates, while Biden is at more than 99% chance. But remember, Biden still doesn't even have half of the delegates he needs to win. You need 1,991 to hit the majority. Currently, Biden has 881, and Sanders has 725. The New York Times mapped out what it would take for Sanders to take the lead, for Sanders to gain a majority, 
for Biden to lose the majority or what it'll look like if Biden keeps doing as well as he has been. If Biden keeps doing as well as he has been, the New York Times says he'll secure the nomination in late April or early May. To lose his delegate majority, the New York Times says, quote, Mr. Biden could do about 12 percentage points worse than he has and still win a majority. If he fared any worse, Mr. Biden would fall short of a majority and risk a contested convention, end quote. The New York Times notes that even if he loses big states like New York, Illinois, or Arizona, he'd probably still hold a majority, and even if he just gets a plurality, Sanders said earlier this month that Biden should still be the nominee with a plurality. But what would Sanders need to do to overtake Biden's lead? He'd need to be doing better by 17 percentage points, winning a majority of the vote share in most of the remaining states. That's just for a plurality, though, something that the DNC is not likely to let him use to win the nomination without a fight. To secure a majority of delegates, he would need to do 21 percentage points better than he's doing. Quoting the New York Times again, More than half of all delegates remain up for grabs, and Mr. Sanders has another opportunity to gain support nationwide during the one-on-one -on -one debate with Mr. Biden on Sunday. But Mr. Biden's momentum over the last two weeks will make his decisive lead difficult to overcome. Mr. Sanders would need to perform much better than he has so far to secure a majority of delegates before the convention, end quote. Nate Silver agrees, writing in 538, he says that delegates alone aren't Sanders' biggest challenge right now. It's the fact that nationally and state by state, he's trailing Biden by about 20 points, and that he's unlikely to win a lot of the important southern states in upcoming primaries. Quote, and by the time these states have finished voting, the delegate math will be a major problem for Sanders, and even a massive late surge would probably not be enough to help him win the nomination. Put another way, Sanders needs something like a 20-point surge within the next week just to remain competitive for the nomination, and even then it would still be an uphill battle for him. And he needs it at a time when Biden potentially stands to gain more ground because of his strong results last night. States such as Michigan could potentially give Biden a further bounce in the polls, thus even a strong debate on Sunday for Sanders might not be enough and just merely offset further momentum Biden gained from Tuesday, end quote. A lot of folks are thinking that these four primaries on Tuesday are going to be the make-or-break moment for Sanders. The Associated Press is especially focused on Sanders' poor outlook in Florida, the state with the most delegates on Tuesday at 219, quote, Few places hold the electoral cachet of Florida, which has been among the most coveted swing states in the last three decades, including during the contentious, chaotic recount of 2000. It is a vital state for President Donald Trump, who would have almost no path to re-election without it. Biden's advisors are banking on a decisive Florida victory that sends a clear message that he is much better positioned to win the state and deny Trump a second term. In 2016, Trump defeated Hillary Clinton here by 1.2 percentage points. Sanders' support in Florida has always been tenuous. In the 2016 primary, he lost to Clinton by nearly 2 to 1 margin. This year, Sanders angered a potentially large voting bloc, Cuban Americans, by praising Fidel Castro for implementing a literacy program in the communist nation. End quote. Florida isn't Sanders' only issue. Amelia Thompson-DeVoe and Meredith Conroy wrote a piece yesterday for 538 examining why women are less likely to vote for Sanders. Quote, In contest after contest, Sanders has struggled to make inroads with key Democratic constituencies, in particular, black voters and older voters. But there's another trend that's plagued him throughout the primary. 
he does poorly with women. According to aggregated exit polls from the states that have voted so far, Sanders' support is eight points lower among women than his support among men. They continue, It's hard to pin down a single reason why men seem to be more attracted to Sanders' candidacy than women. There isn't really evidence, for example, that Sanders is especially likely to attract supporters who display hostile feelings towards women. In a recent analysis, researchers for Data for Progress did find that gender bias kept some voters from supporting Warren, but Sanders' supporters didn't hold more sexist views than Biden's. But there is evidence, according to an analysis by Dan Casino, a political science professor at Fairleigh Dickinson University, that while support for Biden increases among voters with more sexist views, those with the most sexist views were disproportionately likely to favor Sanders. And sexism was higher, in general, among men. End quote. They also point to the generational divide playing a contributing factor, including that women, especially older women, are more likely to consider being a Democrat a strong part of their identity, as compared to men, and therefore less likely to support someone on the fringes of the party. There's also this, quote, 65% of women say they would prefer a candidate who can defeat Trump, compared to 59% of men. That isn't an overwhelming gap, to be sure, but it's still noteworthy given that women make up a disproportionate share of the Democratic electorate. And in the primary so far, voters who prioritize a candidate who can defeat Trump are disproportionately likely to support Biden. End quote. So Sanders has some big challenges ahead, but so does Biden, actually, and we will dig into those in a moment. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. As Biden continues to secure his place as the Democratic frontrunner and more and more Democratic Party members coalesce around his campaign, it becomes increasingly obvious just who isn't running into his camp. And how much Biden will be able to do to bring those people to his side is anyone's guess. Quoting Politico, In Michigan, a state critical to Democrats' efforts to reclaim their general election footing in the Rust Belt, just two of five Sanders backers said they would vote Democratic in November, regardless of who became the nominee, according to exit polls. Four in five said they'd be dissatisfied with Biden as the Democratic standard bearer. Politico continued, on Never Biden Facebook pages and in Twitter threads, some activists argue that if Trump is reelected, Democrats will fare better in the next midterms and that the party will be more likely to nominate a progressive in 2024. If Biden is elected, they see eight years of centrist governance. End quote. With ever mounting resistance to Biden and his campaign from Sanders' supporters and other progressives, 
what can Biden do? Democratic strategist Eddie Vale said in The Hill, quote, I think step one, which they are doing well so far, is what you've seen Biden and his staff say. They're smartly giving Bernie and his supporters all the time and space they need to make whatever decision they need to make. Then a lot of unity is going to happen organically from people coming together to defeat Trump. Vale said the next step is for Biden to reach out to Sanders supporters to make the case that he can also be good for them if elected. Vale said it can't just be about opposing the current president. He described it as, quote, reaching out to them and not just with Trump sucks, but explaining why Biden and his policies are good for them and the country, end quote. Sanders seems aware of this as well. In recent days, there have been less attacks on Biden's past policy positions and more nudging him to adopt some of Sanders' own policies. Jennifer Palmieri, Clinton's former communications director, said to NBC News, quote, You can't force Bernie Sanders supporters to do anything. Even Bernie Sanders can't force Bernie Sanders supporters to do anything. Letting Sanders determine what's best for his people is probably ultimately what's best for Biden, so long as Sanders supporters are not echoing Trump's arguments. Outside pressure forcing Sanders out of the race is, I think, a big mistake. Either Bernie Sanders is going to want to help the Democratic nominee or not. I believe that he does, so then you've got to give that campaign the room to do this the best way they can. End quote. A particular challenge for Biden will be winning over Sanders' young supporters. Quoting Politico, Exit polls from this year's primaries have found a stark age divide between Sanders and Biden supporters. In Michigan, almost two-thirds of voters under 45 backed Sanders, while Biden captured a third of them. It was even more lopsided among voters under 30. Four in five voted for Sanders. But Sanders has failed to turn young people out at rates he'd hoped, and among those over 45, Biden won two-thirds and Sanders one in four. John Delavolpe, director of polling at the Harvard Kennedy School Institute of Politics, said Biden needs to make building a relationship with young voters a central focus of his campaign to beat Trump. Recent Democratic nominees who have lost, such as Hillary Clinton and John Kerry, received about 55% of the youth vote, whereas former President Barack Obama won 60% or more in his two races. It's not a coincidence that the youth vote crossed or met that 60% threshold in each of those campaigns that were successful, he said. End quote. If Biden moves a little on policy issues and continues his talk of being a bridge candidate for younger leaders in the future, as he has said in appearances with Senators Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, Biden could make some inroads. Quoting NBC News, Anna Maria Archila, the co-executive director of the progressive group Center for Popular Democracy, which backed Sanders, said Biden's electability can only be enhanced by systematically courting progressives. I don't see how the party is going to be able to defeat a movement candidate, because Donald Trump is a movement candidate, without a movement candidate, Archila said. So Joe Biden is going to have to do the work. End quote. You know, I was really hoping that I could go one day without needing to include a coronavirus update for the election, but it has become the number one issue affecting everything, including the presidential race. So here are just a few updates. Vice President Biden has announced that his staff will all be working from home. Campaign headquarters and field offices will be closed to the public starting tomorrow. Senator Sanders' campaign has suspended all door-to-door -door canvassing and will focus on remote organizing. 
State election officials in Arizona, Florida, Illinois, and Ohio are encouraging voters to vote by mail or to vote early, which can prevent large crowds on Election Day itself. All four states have confirmed cases of coronavirus, and Ohio has closed down all schools. Officials in Ohio are also working to move all polling locations out of nursing homes and offer mail-in ballots to nursing home residents. Concerns also remain for poll workers, however. The Hill notes, quote, According to the Election Assistance Commission survey, 56% of poll workers were aged 61 or older, end quote. Aaron Sellers, the spokesman for Ohio's Franklin County Board of Elections, told The Hill, quote, A lot of poll workers are older, so we're having a lot of them call in, telling us they can't work on Tuesday. So for every new person that we're getting, we're having three saying that they can't work. So we are scrambling around to fill spots, end quote. Meanwhile, and this news broke just before recording, Louisiana has become the first state to officially postpone its primary, rescheduling its April 4th primary for June, according to the Washington Post. Some folks were quick to weigh in, saying that postponing is not as good a solution as mail-in ballots. Nate Silver pointed out on Twitter, quote, states need to be planning to hold November elections while COVID-19 is potentially still a significant concern postponement will not be a good solution then, end quote. He's not entirely wrong, but there's also a chance that Louisiana's decision will start a ripple effect of postponements. So, if you live in a state that has not voted yet, keep an eye on any announcements from the Board of Elections about postponements or guidelines on added early voting dates or mail-in ballots. Things are changing very quickly as officials, experts, and the campaigns figure out how to handle this unexpected challenge to the election. And I'll remind you again that if you want more general coronavirus updates, if you want to stay informed but perhaps not get bogged down by internet commentary, you can listen and subscribe to Ride Home's latest podcast, Coronavirus Daily Briefing. It is a 15-minute podcast designed to keep you up to date with vital information about the outbreak. And the only other thing that I will say for now is that I hope everyone listening is taking care of yourselves and each other. For all of our punditry talk of unifying candidates, this is one thing for which we are really all facing together. And regardless of anything else, we need to be there for one another. So for whatever it means for you, I hope you are staying safe, and I wish you well. And that is the election roundup for the day. As always, you can find Election Ride Home on Twitter at Election Podcast or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Election Ride Home. Thank you all so much for listening and stay safe out there.